My brothers, my sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and he addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not fit, sit down, calculate the cost, and see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after lying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlookers should laugh at him and say, this one began to build but did not have the resources to finish. Or what king marching into battle would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king's advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Deacon Joe Harrington from um, class of the 1977. I feel like I'm the youngest one here yeah. <laughs> with all the 50s and 60s guys. Um, I grew up, grew up across the river in the Ponset, sometimes known as Dorchester. St. Anne's was my parish. There we go. Um, I'm now a deacon at St. Paul's and Resurrection Parishes in Hingham. And I also work for the Diocese of Fall River at the Office of the Bishop and Pastoral Planning. So I'm kind of a full-time church guy now in, in my older years. I had the honor on St. Patrick's Day across the river in the Ponson at St. Anne to be a deacon at the funeral of a um, longtime friend of mine, uh, Jimmy Sullivan, his father, Eddie Sullivan, uh, and Jimmy was a classmate of me, of mine at, at 70, in 77, but also at St. Anne and also at Suffolk University. So I've known him a long time. Jimmy's dad was known to be super strict. Do you know that kind of dad? Super strict. You can't get anything by him. But you always knew what wrong and right was with those guys, with that generation. They knew... Um, even though a demeanor of being strict and guys that really sacrificed for us, but they also did it with joy. And they did it in, in Eddie's way, did it with the joy of seven children. He lost one very young at 22, but faith got him through that. And at the end, um, he's one of the last guys, I think, of my uh, of my friends that still had fathers, and they um, had 18 grandchildren, 18 grandchildren. So Jimmy told this story about um, 
about himself. And one of the things was his, his, his con connection with Don Bosco. So he had just finished his first year at Bosco. And things did not go very well. As he said, it, they had some academic misunderstandings about him. <laughs> In other words, he wasn't passing his classes. So the administration at Bosco sent a letter home. And this is one that he couldn't intercept. I think in those days, you couldn't really do that. And it began by saying, Dear Mr. Edward Sullivan, your son James is invited not to return to his sophomore year at Don Bosco Technical High School. And as Jimmy recalls, you can't imagine the fireworks when his dad caught up with him after reading that letter, his mother was crying. His father, well, his father, as he says, his father was just dad. Dad was dad. And needless to say, it was a couple of rough days following that arrival of that letter from Bosco. He spent, as he said, a few days in purgatory. <laughs> I think he's just trying to be nice. I think it was someplace else. Dad slid, slid a note under his bedroom door and it instructed him to go to Don Bosco and meet with the Dean of Discipline, Brother Brinkman. Does anyone remember Brother Brinkman? Okay. Did you have a nickname for him? I and Mike. We called, the 77 class called him Spike. I don't know why, but we called him Spike. Does anyone remember that? No, it must have been just, been, must have been just our class. Oh, really? So, so uh, Father told me he's in Tampa and he's doing great, right? Well, maybe retiring. Oh, he's, uh, he's he's on his way. He's on his way. So he had to go in to see Brother Brinkman, and whatever nickname you called him. And after being, as he says, mentally and academically tortured <laughs> by Brother Brinkman for that full summer. Don Bosco Technical High School gave him a second chance. And a few months into the school year, he bumped into another friend of his that also got the same letter, not inviting him not to come back for the second year. He was at another high school, and he asked, why in the world did Bosco let you back in? I, I mean, I'm better than you. And with envy, he asked, how did he get to go back? And Jimmy said, without thinking, he said, my dad spoke to Brother Brinkman and got me back in. And as he said at the funeral, he says, I will never, ever forget the response he gave me. I wish my father stuck up for me like that. I wish my father stuck up for me like that. Wow. I mean, that was it. And he said it was the first time he figured out his dad. It was the first time. If you made a mistake, you paid the consequences. He was tough. But under that demeanor, that dad, Eddie Sullivan, was a, the best advocate you could have as a dad and as a son, and he would help you fix that problem, whatever it was. Jimmy went on to graduate, 
sorry to say he became a lawyer. But he went to law school, and now he gives people second chances. You know, today we remember guys like Eddie. Our fathers, our faculty, the Salesian brothers and fathers that have given their lives for service to God's people. We remember our mothers. We remember the women who fed us lunch and cared for us. And also we remember our fellow classmates. You know, at the time, it might have seemed tough. But now, when we look in the rearview mirror, I think we see that it was right, that they took care of us, that they cared for us unconditionally. It was, a, it was a unconditional tough love, I think. And Eddie's things that were important were just three things, faith, family, and education. Faith, family, and education. I think that's what Bosco was about. Whatever generation we were there, that's what it was about. And it was about second, and in some cases for many of us, third and fourth chances. We know that our crosses can often consume us. They sometimes break us. And we certainly know that they break our hearts. And we can often be at a crossroads and we can say to ourselves, where do we go from here? Maybe it's a health challenge. Maybe it's a challenge with addiction or sobriety. A loss, and it can be anything. A loss of a relationship, a financial or possession loss, a loss of people in our lives. And we remember them today. If you look at these names, they all have wonderful memories for us. So here's the good news of this gospel and the message and what we just sang. We sang, you have been a refuge, you are our hope. You know, we don't get the hope and love and joy of the resurrection without going through our crosses. And Jesus understands that our struggles, he wants to come with us on those. He wants to take on all our cares and all our pain and all our burdens, even he wants our restlessness and confusion. When we struggle with faith, when we struggle whether we wonder whether God is with us. But Jesus doesn't promise that he takes them away. But he does promise that he's with us. He does promise that he's with us always. And like him, we have crosses to bear. But we never bear them alone. And we're, we're open to having Christ bear them with us, they're lighter. They might not be easier, but they're a little lighter. And our hearts, even when they're broken and hurt, will be at rest. One final point. Wherever we have been on our faith journey, whether this is the first time you've been to Mass in 20 years or just two days, wherever you are, we go up and down. Faith is like that. It's like life. It goes up and down. But we know that it keeps us walking in the right direction. Even though we may take detours, and some of us have taken detours, and some of us have gone completely off the road, the important thing is that we get on the road again. So I'd like to end with a prayer that for me, I have put this prayer in some people's hands 
when they're at that lowest, darkest point in their life. And it gives them inspiration. It's Thomas Merton's The Road Ahead. So when you have questions, and even if you have questions today of what's next, how do I go on, where do I go from here, from this terrible place that I'm in, and is God really with me? If you have those questions, this prayer may help answer. And I'll ask that as I put my hand up, you repeat after the Say it kind of slow so you'll be able to hear it. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. Are you Catholic? You got your hands up. Let's everybody put their hands up. Amen. Amen. I cannot know certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may not know nothing about it. Therefore, I trust you always. Though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Small.
Stop. 